Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Main Education Matters. I'm your host, Matt Druett Card. Thank you so very much for joining us on this lovely day today. We appreciate you listening, as always, and following along with all of what we do here, which is follow along with the Education Cultural Affairs Committee, Maine Department of Education, and, you know, education stuffs like that that happen all across the state of Maine. Today's episode is we're going to be looking ahead at the week of March the 6th, um, What's happening on March 6th, 7th, and 9th? There are two days of public hearings and one day of work session this week. And so we're just going to do a quick preview of the public hearings and look at a little bit of the testimony for, that, that was presented uh, for those work sessions happening on March 7th. So let's get into it. Um, uh, a couple things at the top of the episode to let you all know about. If you've bookmarked the old link to, or the original link, I guess, to the um, spreadsheet that where we keep and track our bills, you should know that that link has been updated and changed to a new link. Uh, so if you go to the old link, you'll probably see like, hey, you can't access that link here anymore. And that's because it's at a new place. So make sure you bookmark and save the new link uh, for the spreadsheet to keep track of all of the goodies that are coming out of the Education Cultural Affairs Committee because, oh boy, there's a lot. And it is getting um it's getting busy uh they have they have a lot to do let me put it to that way they have a lot to do as of right now um there are 94 bills that have been written and given an ld number that are before the ed committee and uh they've only actually done a work session so far on three of them so they have a lot to do anyway Let's get into what's happening on March the 6th, which is the first day of public hearings uh, for this, this upcoming week. There will be three bills that are being heard on that day. The first is LD 271, which is an act requiring the University of Maine system and the Maine Community College system to offer a four-credit course on hunting, fishing, recreational shooting, and trapping. This bill, uh, presented by Senator Pooley out of Kennebec uh, and a couple of co-sponsors, uh, basically does what that says. It requires the UMaine system and Maine Community College to offer a four-credit course about hunting, fishing, recreational shooting, and trapping. So it is saying to the to them, hey, you've got to make this happen. We'll, we'll see how they feel about that one. There's, there's not much else to that bill. Pretty light lifting, honestly. Uh, next is LD 447, an act to support higher education in Maine by providing funds to Maine community colleges, presented by Senator Daughtry of Cumberland, number of co-sponsors as well. And what this one does, it provides ongoing funds to the Maine community college system to support students learning and completion for a credential of value in the tune of about $5 million per year over the next two years for a grand total of well, doing some quick math, five plus five is 10. So five million plus five million is, I can't count that high. So it's just adding more money to make sure that the community college community college system is able to be effective. The, the final one for May, May, oh, you know, as I'm recording this, it's snowing buckets out. And so I guess my mind is just in May. May it stop. Sorry, that was... Eh. LD 512, uh, an act to promote student enrollment and degree completion in the University of Maine system by providing tuition waivers to eligible students, presented by Senator uh, Tipping out of Penobscot. And 
This bill establishes two tuition waivers for students enrolled at a campus of the University of Maine system. The first tuition waiver provides a 50% tuition for up to four years for a full-time student who is a high school graduate in the class of 23, 24, 25, or obtains the equivalent of a high school diploma in 23, 24, 25. And the second tuition waiver provides a 50% tuition for up to one year for returning students who have resided in the state for at least five years and are 30 or fewer credits away from degree completion. The bill also requires University of Maine system to report on the use and success of the tuition waivers. Let's let's get those degrees, let's get those degrees completed, folks. That's what this is all about. We're going to jump ahead to March 9th, which is the other public hearing that particular day, that particular week, and we're going to so as you can tell from the Tuesday March 6th public hearing, that day is all about community college and uh, degree completion. So it's post-secondary discussions. They're definitely going to try to lump these things together. And March 9th has a little bit more of a bit, a bit more all over the place in a lot of ways. But there are some really interesting bills coming up this week for public hearing that I think people should kind of pay attention to. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're alarming in any way, but I think that they're also be like, hey, these are things that could have a significant impact and be okay. Um, sorry, a bird just flew by. Uh, the first bill is LD 436, an act an act to provide career technical education students with credit toward high school graduation for work completed in the CTE centers and regions. Oh boy, this is a big one. Uh, this is one that is been talking about for years and it's just about trying to find the equivalency. And what is very interesting about this bill is it harkens back to something that the state of Maine was doing several years ago. Uh, so let's get into it. This is uh, provide. This is presented by Representative Woodson of Waterboro, several other co-sponsors, including some co-sponsors who were very much against some of this kind of idea many years ago. The bill requires SAUs and CTE centers and regions to propose equivalency agreements that allow a secondary school student to gain core credit toward a high school diploma through CTE uh, credit with approval from the Commissioner of Education it also amends the high school diploma requirements to include core credit gained through equivalency agreements. Now, one might look at things like equivalency agreement. How does what is an equivalency agreement? How does that all work? What does that all look like? Well, I mean, if one were to be like, okay, I'm going to get equivalency in this, one might determine like, okay, if I have say competency, or mastery, or <clears throat> proficiency. In this particular area that not only connects to this particular content area in the CTE realm, but also connects to other content areas and aligns to other standards in, uh, in this content area, well, then it should count. I feel like we've been down this road before at some point. Just it just it just feels very familiar to me. And what I find very interesting is that many of the people that on these representatives or sponsors of this bill who were very much opposed to the proficiency based diploma law that we had are actually 
in favor of this particular bill. I just find that interesting. Let's go to LD 485. Uh, another one being heard that day. Uh, resolve, Hawaii, to amend rules regarding athletic director qualifications presented by Representative Newman of Belgrade and uh, several other co-sponsors. This resolve directs the DOE to amend its rules regarding athletic directors to allow a person to either hold a valid main administrator certificate other than a teaching principal certificate or complete a minimum of three semester hours in diversity-centered content related to today's classroom in order to be an athletic director. The department's current rules require a person to do both. So instead of saying you do both of these things, you do one or the other um, to be an athletic director. So <laughs> to be an athletic director, and let's, let's be honest, a lot of athletic directors in the state of Maine are also have the, the, also the same title as uh, assistant principal. They do both. And what this is saying is that in order to be an athletic director, you don't have to necessarily have a teaching principles or an administrative certificate. You could, instead of having that, you could com complete a minimum of three hours in diversity-centered content related to today's classroom. I mean, is is I wonder why this bill is here. I wonder why this bill is in front of everything. Is there a a shortage? I mean, there's a shortages in education everywhere. Is there a short of a shortage of athletic directors? Are are the requirements of being athletic director so stringent? Um, but generally speaking, if a if a if a district wants to hire an athletic director and not put it on the shoulders of the assistant principal, that's great, fine, and dandy. Um, and I guess this is allowing that to happen. So I'm just curious as to why this is even a thing, which is kind of a, a common, common, common question that I have on all these questions. Uh, next bill being heard on March 9th is LD 612, an act to create a green schools coordinator in the DOE, or pre presented by Representative Mallon of Biddeford. And I hope I say I'm saying that name correctly. Uh, this is a interesting idea um bill creates the position of a green schools coordinator within the department of education to assist staff and other relevant stakeholders in establishing school facility priorities and working with school administrative units regarding building weatherization modification for the use of renewable energy resources so that focus of when we're doing school construction when we're doing school renovation when we have um have, have, are, are spending our money, our, our budgets on things like to improve our roofs or windows or whatnot, that there's a, prior to, a priority to make sure that it's well, green in that way. Uh, very interested to hear what this one has to say. And two other bills on the 9th, so three on the 6th and five on the 9th, as I said, they're going to have to start pulling some weight here uh another cte bill a ld617 an act to foster cte in main schools by adding an additional pathway to certify industrial arts teachers presented by a representative carlo out of buxton uh, a couple of co-sponsors on this one and what this bill does is it directs the state board of education to adopt rules to amend the credentialing of education personnel to create a pathway for a teacher to obtain an endorsement on 
a teaching certificate for a component of industrial arts within an experimental laboratory that includes, but is not limited to, automotive body repair, diagnostics and mechanics, welding, electrical carpentry, and computer-aided design. Rules must include at least the following qualifications for a teacher to be eligible for an endorsement. A completed apprenticeship registered with with a statewide or national apprenticeship and training organization. A completed two-year degree or certificate from a technical institution accredited by a national association of CTE schools or similar organization. Completion of a minimum number of hours of paid applied employment or teaching in the endorsement area being sought. And completion of a minimum number of hours of experience learning the trade or craft for which the endorsement is taught. So a lot of different pathways for someone to become and have the industrial arts endorsement. It seems to be far more stringent, uh, far more, um, more options, but also even still more, more requirements than becoming an athletic director, apparently. And finally... The final bill being presented this particular week is LD 631, an act to change the notification law for school truancy. This is presented by Representative La Rochelle of Augusta and a couple of co-sponsors. And what this is about is it says that current law provides that a superintendent must serve or cause to be served upon the parent in hand or by registered mail a written notice that attendance of a parent's child at school is required by law. This bill provides that the superintendent is required to make two documented attempts to serve the required notice upon the parent. So instead of just the one, it has two. Um, I don't know. This is going to be interesting as to as to again that question that I have with a lot of this this theme this kind of this week is why is this coming up? You know, it had to happen somewhere. That's how a lot of these these bills and laws always come up. Anyway, it's that. Something happened somewhere, so someone's got to make a law to prevent it from happening again. Well, if that's the case, then that's the case. All right. So, eight total bills coming up before the Education Committee this particular week. Three on March 6th, all I'm going to do with the main community college system or post-secondary. And then on the 9th, a bit a, a bit of all over the place. A couple of CTE questions and then some other ones, athletic director quali- qualifications, green schools coordinator, and truancy. So let's get into the work session. These are bills that have already been heard. We haven't really done much discussion of work session this this legislative session yet because there haven't been many. Um, and so what happens at the work session is they review all the testimony from the public hearing and then the... Education Cultural Affairs Committee will discuss it. We'll get updates on, on potential, um, potential like law connections or statute that will are in favor or against this, or other other sources of information that they may have requested um, to then make their decisions. And from the work session, they will hold a vote, and they'll vote to decide what happens to that bill after committee. Does it go, go go to the House floor with a recommendation of ought to pass, ought not to pass, or are there going to be some amendments that happen? Most of the time, there are some kind of amendment because the bill was presented in such a way that, well, they they had the right idea or they had the idea about something, and but in in hearing the testimony, some things need to be adjusted, so they go back and they change the actual text of the, of the bill. 
Now, there were three bills coming up on March 7th to be going through work session. Uh, three bills. Of those three bills, there's a grand total of 10 pieces of testimony. Not a whole lot of people came out and uh, provided testimony on these. So I think it's going to be a pretty pretty light lift for the education committee. The first is LD64, an act to ensure that in-state tuition for post-secondary students who are registered to vote in the state. Uh, we talked about that one a little while ago. This is presented by uh, Representative Rodnicki of Fairfield, and bill provides for a student who is registered to vote in the state, eligible for in-state in tuition rates to any post-secondary institution in the state that offers in-state tuition rate. So I guess they got their information pretty quickly on this. Uh, when it comes to testimony, I didn't really see a whole lot in the way it was like, yeah, not so much. Um, the University of Maine system presented some testimony that said, like in most but not all cases, out-of-state tuition rate is higher than in-state and rises more rapidly because it's not subsidized. But still, the cost of attending UMS system, UMS universities, is on par, even lower than what out-of-state students will pay for public post-secondary. Uh, I mean, they were, you know, uh, revenue generated by this differential in tuition rates for out-of-students has been critical to our system's relative fiscal stability. So how they did? So they're they like the idea of it, but they cannot support the bill because of the uncertainty that it would provide in terms of their financial stability. Um, and the Maine Community College System testimony on this It, it, it's 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 one of those things where they're all uh, the, the the idea was like this is a great idea and we love this however there might not be this might not be a good idea um not a whole lot of testimony not a whole lot going not a whole sorry my, my brain is is failing me at the moment because this is one of those where it's like it seems like it's a great idea and then some folks are coming and say, yeah, it is a great idea. And we think that voting is incredibly important. Have you looked at what this is going to do to our finances? Have you looked at what this is going to do to our budgets? And we hope that you will look at that. We're not we're in favor of the spirit of the bill, but, you know, we've got to look at the bottom line. And so that seems to be what I'm going to look, look forward to here in the work session. The other two that work session on... March the 7th, LD-173, an act regarding the responsibility for technology instruction marketing costs by the Maine Community College System. I get only two pieces of testimony here. Um, one of them is always going to be from the sponsor itself who says why we're doing this. And the other one's, the only other one from here was from uh, the Director of Government Community Relations from the Maine Community College System. And they are neither for nor against this particular bill so 
quote, separating out our marketing budget for, quote, technology instruction is complex and likely not possible. Most of our marketing materials are driven to recruit new students and include all of our programs, not just those that might be considered technology related. So they're asking the same kind of questions that we are. What's the point of this? What's the intent of this bill? And hopefully more will be presented and, and issued at the work session. But it, given the fact that it's it's very unclear, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Uh, finally, LD-174, an act to return the name of the main community college system to the main technical college system, presented by Representative Campbell out of Orrington. And once again, only two pieces of, of, uh, of um, what's it called? Testimony. That's what we're doing here. Two pieces of testimony, one from the, from, from the sponsor itself, who was like, yeah, we should do this. And the other is from the actual main community college system. The pre- This one was from the president of the main community college system, David Daigler. And they wrote in opposition to this. And in, they go on to say things like, in 2003, Maine was one of the last states in the nation to offer its citizens access to community college. I would not want to reverse course now and leave Maine without a true community college system. Um, and... Last year, the 130th legislature made a landmark commitment investing $20 million in free community college to make college tuition-free for high school graduates from the classes of 2021, 22, and 23. It's an investment. Changing the name of the institution they attend will result in confusion and negatively impact future enrollments, especially the enrollments of students with ambitions to transfer to four-year institutions like those in the University of Maine system. So it's one of those things. Like It's, 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 it's more than just a name change. That's, it might seem like a little thing, but it's going to have a massive, massive, massive impact. And that's that week. That's it. The two public hearings and um, one day of work session as is scheduled so far. And not, not too much controversial, to be honest. I think some of those more controversial bills that we hear or that we talked about in our last podcast, um, those are... Those are going to be a little bit more um, what am I trying to say? They're going they're probably gonna hold off on those towards until maybe a little towards the end or until things would cool down. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Uh, but that's it for this particular uh, episode today and that's all that I've got to say about that and I thank you very much for helping me just stumble through this today. And <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hope all of you are out there not getting buried in snow and are doing doing fine with everything. And again, like I said at the top of this episode, if you've bookmarked the old link for our spreadsheet, you want to go in and you'll want to change that link to the new one. It's available on the, the link of the old page um, and on all, of course, on our social media, which is at main dead matters on twitter but we really thank you all for listening and we thank you all so very much for continuing to support us all that all through all the years with this and to those people who you know we 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 love you we appreciate you and we'll talk to you again soon thank you very much take care bye-bye